from a very young age, I want to say from maybe year five, so I was probably like nine or ten at most at the time, I've been getting acne. And this is something that has been quite pervasive in my life for a long time now and has been coming on to varying severities from just general light acne to, you know, quite severe cystic hormonal acne. And it's something I still kind of experience to this day. I'm 23 this year, so it's been a good 13 odd years um, delving into this. And over the years, we've tried a whole number of remedies to manage and cure my acne, ranging from, you know, topical treatments, cleansers, moisturizers, medication. I've been put on hormonal birth control. I've tried diets and supplements and all that sort of jazz and seen a lot of different practitioners, dermatologists, doctors, getting all different sorts of opinions on how to manage my acne and you know, largely up until this point, I've had very little success. And, you know, growing up and as a teenager, it's something that can be quite detrimental to your mental health and, you know, your self-confidence. As an adult, it's something I've started to care less and less about. But in terms of well, I've, I've started to reframe the way I think of my acne. It's no longer for me a, a physical appearance concern. It's more of a, there's something going on in my body that's caused an imbalance that's now resulting in me getting acne. And I'm treating acne now rather than an illness or an ailment in itself, but as a symptom of something larger at play in my body that I need to address. And so this is a perfect segue into the topic I want to talk to you guys today, which is about stress and more specifically on chronic stress and the way in which that manifests in our bodies. So after years of trying a number of different remedies for my acne, I started seeing a naturopath last year because I delved into the path of holistic health because I was really starting to reframe my own health journey as a means of wanting to get to the root cause of a lot of the symptoms I was experiencing rather than just, you know, band-aid solutions and trying to mask the symptoms that I was experiencing because over the over the years I've begun to learn that a lot of the a lot of the things that I experience, a lot of the health issues I experience, they're not actually you know, the sole issue and they're, they're indications that there is something deeper in my body that needs to be addressed and looked after. And so that is why I went to see my naturopath initially. We started working um, on curing, or you know, finding the root cause of why I was experiencing acne. And we did all the blood work, which for the most part came back relatively normal. And one of the suggestions she actually made to me was that my acne was so pervasive because my cortisol could be quite high and therefore causing acne. And in other words, that was just essentially saying that I was under a lot of stress. At the time, being such a logical and rational thinker, it really was difficult for me to comprehend how or why being stressed would actually be a cause for me getting acne because I was getting acne quite consistently quite severely and had been for a long time. And so for me to hear that it was stress causing acne just did not quite make sense because that would be suggesting that I'm constantly stressed and have been constantly stressed for nearly 13 years now, which doesn't make sense. I don't identify myself as a stressed out person. I am not sitting here stressed out of my brain 
nonstop. So why on earth would I be experiencing acne if it is a symptom of chronic stress? And as time would come to tell, um, it very much was the case that chronic stress was causing my acne as well as a lot of other issues that were going on in my life, particularly related to mood disorders like um, depression and anxiety. And it was really fascinating because I came to learn that the reason I didn't identify myself as a stressed out person or why it was difficult for me to comprehend that it was stress causing my acne was because I was in this constant elevated state of stress. And because I was in a constant elevated state of stress, it was difficult for me to recognize that I was in that state because that was my default. Stress and chronic stress became my normal. My body became very attuned to being in that hyper aroused state. And so for me, it felt normal. It felt comfortable. And so I would never have known if I was in that stressed out state because I was always in it. It would be unusual for me to be in a calm state and for me to be in you know, that homeostasis, because for me, it was, that was not how I lived my life. I lived my life constantly stressed and on edge and and anxious. And that felt normal. When I felt calm and happy and secure, that was when I felt consciously, like in my conscious mind, stressed because I was like, this isn't normal. This doesn't feel right. So that was actually a really interesting discovery I made. And it's only one I've made very recently. So I want to delve into that with you guys and explain a little bit more about stress and chronic stress and how chronic stress can manifest in our bodies in both a physical and psychological sense. Because Stress is very common amongst everyone. We all experience it within our lives, both positively and negatively. It's an absolutely normal experience and the changes it has on our body physiologically can have long lasting and damaging impacts on our health if we don't address it and manage it properly. So, I want to get into that with you guys and explain a little bit more about it because although we, we're all familiar with stress and we understand you know what it is and, and why we get it, it's important to understand how it works on a physiological level and that'll make us kind of more empowered to be able to take control of our own health and well-being and help us to actually minimize stress in the future and allow us to kind of be more grounded and centered when we do experience stress to help our bodies return to our natural relaxed state. Welcome Glow Getters to the Glow Get Her podcast. Join me, Tyler, your favorite Capricorn and ENFJ as we chat all things health, wellness, life, love and career in navigating the existential dread that is our 20s. Whether you're here for motivation, career inspiration or even just a laugh, your gal has you coming. Time to Glow Get Her. Welcome back, my glow getters. I hope you all have had a lovely week. It is Monday morning for me, and I'm preparing for another work week ahead of me, trying to get that hype levels up because you know what? I know all my nine to fivers out there know this feeling, but the Sunday afternoon depression hits real hard when you know you've got a work week ahead of you. So I love starting my Mondays off in the most high vibe way possible. I went for a 6K walk this morning with a gal I haven't seen in a long time. We had a nice chat, had coffee and brekkie together, came home. I've gotten my exercise and my social interaction out of the way for the day, done my admin, got on top of my emails and ready to get stuck into 
my work day. But first of all, first and foremost, I wanted to bring my podcast back to life. I know it's been some time since I've released any useful content for you guys. Had a little brief hiatus um, whilst I was doing my rebrand. And then following that, I had some tech difficulties. I damaged my laptop. Don't ask me how. And in a desperate attempt to try and get it repaired because I'm a tight ass and don't like spending money. I ended up having to go out and spend some money. So all is well. I have a brand new laptop now and I'm actually loving it. So you know what? It all worked out for the best. Um, so I'm riding this wave of productivity at the moment. I'm super excited. I'm smashing out some content for you all um, and super excited to delve back into it. I have a lot of topics coming up for you guys, which I know will be absolutely fantastic to hear. And I'm looking at getting a few people to interview for you all because I love chatting to people and having conversations. I'm a very free flowing kind of conversationalist. I try as hard as I can to structure my podcasts and kind of like script them out so I know that I'm delivering the exact content I want you guys to hear. But look, forcing things has never worked out well for me. I work best when I can just flow and say what needs to be said and I don't know if you can tell from like my previous episodes but they're all generally quite free-flowing. I try to write like a bit of a content outline but it kind of works best when I just speak and it also works well for me when I know enough about a topic that I can just talk freely and make it a bit more conversationalist. So I would absolutely love to get some people for you guys to interview because I feel like the most interesting conversations come when you're like bouncing ideas off someone else. I absolutely love it. My girlfriend and I were having a a chat this morning and We talked about so many bloody topics in just 60 minutes. It was insane. We were like jumping from topic to topic and bouncing off one another and the energy was just so real. I love it. And I'm like already planning to meet up with her again because I know we need to continue our conversations. I am so distracted when it comes to conversations. I can't stick to one topic, but I think given that I knew we were on a little bit of a time constraint, I was like, I need to jam as much catch up with her in as we can. And we chatted about everything and anything and I absolutely loved it, but Here we are today. Today's episode, I would love to delve into the world of stress with you guys. I know this is quite a relevant topic for just about anybody and everybody. Um, We've all experienced stress at some point in our lives, some of us more so than others, whether it comes from our jobs, our relationships, our hobbies, our life in general, you know, something is bound to stress us out at one point. And it's important to understand that stress is completely normal. It's healthy to experience. Um, It's important we go through these kind of movements both physiologically and psychologically and understanding how stress works is a really powerful tool for knowing how to move through it effectively and some of us unfortunately get stuck in the cycles of repeated and chronic stress as it's known where we are just stuck in that hyper aroused state and we never seem to kind of come back to our bodies or come back to our relaxed state, which is actually known as homeostasis, like our default mode. And when we get stuck in that hyper aroused state, it can actually have impacts on our health, both physically and psychologically. And I've delved into this work a little bit over the last couple of months. Um, I did some training and did some learnings for myself. Um, I do holistic counseling myself. I have a mentor and learning about all of this stuff has allowed me to piece together a lot of the 
symptoms and ailments I've, I experience personally, you know, mentally and, and physically. I've had a lot of manifestations of stress come up in my life, such as depression, anxiety. As I've explained, I've gotten persistent acne for a long time now. I've experienced other issues like with breathing and digestive issues and my gut health and Understanding and being able to manage my stress has been a huge key to unlocking this, you know, world that I didn't think I had for myself. It's been pivotal for me in regaining control of my health and my happiness. And I'm only a very small way into that journey and I'm already seeing huge, huge improvements to my health. And I just figure like this is something I've got to share with everyone. It's worked for me and I've only just started the journey, so I'm sure it's going to work for you all. And so, yeah, let's get right into it. Before I delve into the ins and outs of how stress can manifest within our bodies in terms of like illnesses and ailments, it's important for us to actually understand the physiology behind it and how the stress response works in our bodies. So essentially what happens is when our brain perceives an external stimulus to be a threat, and this is before our conscious mind even has a chance to, you know, analyze or understand what the threat is, our body sends signals from one area of our brain into another and a whole bunch of physiological changes occur instantaneously that essentially allow our body to either flee from or fight off of that perceived threat, which is essentially why the stress response is also known as our flight or fight response or fight or flight response. So the stress response is essentially our brain giving all the energy to the right parts of our bodies to achieve our like optimal energy levels to effectively address the threat. And that is generally either through the flight or fight response. So in prehistoric times, or if you even consider it um, from an animal perspective, it's like you, you, you imagine a deer, it perceives the threat of a lion or whatever, and generally it'll flee. And the physiology of it is that the brain will give all the energy to the right muscles and slow down and constrict certain areas of the body to give all the energy to the deer to, you know, run away. In other instances, it'll manifest in terms of giving the body all the energy it needs to fight the, fight the threat, for example. However, it doesn't quite work like that for us humans. We're not generally threatened by other animals or we're not generally in instances where we literally need to hit legs and run away, but we still experience perceived threats and stressors that we kind of respond to in slightly different ways. This can be simply receiving a stressful email at work, being stuck in traffic, dealing with difficult people, um, anything. Like we can be stressed out by anything. It is simply what the brain perceives to be as a threat. And when I say threat, it th- this is this is happening kind of subconsciously. It is not something that we consciously realize. Um, and so our brain actually knows that something or perceives something to be a threat well before we even have a chance to assess the situation fully for ourselves, which is why the brain is honestly so fascinating to me because like it is not just our conscious minds controlling all of this. There is all of this stuff working on in the background for us that we don't even know of. And having a more nuanced understanding of that honestly makes us that more in control of our lives. And that is why I found this whole stress topic honestly fascinating. 
So touching back on the physiology of it. So even though it's called the fight or flight response, there have also in recent years been two more responses identified because, you know, it's a little bit more complex than simply fleeing or fighting the threat. Um, The other two are also known as the freeze and fawn. And freeze and fawn can look like different things for different people. Freeze is, you know, simply like shutting down, withdrawing, um, you know, pulling away. And the fawn is probably best described as like people pleasing. It's kind of like trying to sympathize with the threat. Um, I don't know if the, the best way I can probably describe it is like if you imagine like a victim and uh, an abuser, for example, and like the victim is kind of like trying to fawn their way in conversation with the abuser to kind of like protect themselves or like, you know, tread lightly or that sort of thing. That's how I kind of understand fawn. I'm not really too familiar with that particular response. I'm definitely a fight or a freeze depending on the situation. I've never been a flight kind of person. Um, and yeah, not too familiar with the fawn either, but they're generally the four different types of responses. Even animals can exhibit the freeze or fawn. I probably wouldn't have the best example to explain them, but yeah, so the fight or flight response, although it only really names the two, it can encapsulate all four of those responses. And the idea of this stress response is effectively, it allows the body to, uh, alleviate the threat. So uh, in simple terms, you would say you either flee it or you fight it, but there's also the freeze and fawn now, but you deal with the threat and then you can return your body to its baseline relaxed state, which is homeostasis, as I've mentioned. What can happen though is either over time or through experiencing persistent stress, our body can actually get stuck in that hyper aroused state and you can become stuck in that stressed out state and you don't ever actually return to homeostasis and calm down. And when this happens and when your body is stuck in that um, elevated state, you experience what's known as chronic stress. And chronic stress can be very detrimental to our health. It is the reason we experience a lot of things such as mental and mood related disorders. It can bring about gut issues. It can bring about issues in relation to um, digestion, sexual function, blood, uh, bladder, kidney diseases, like all sorts of things. Like if you actually go out and Google the list of kind of ailments and disorders that can arise as a result of chronic stress, you will more than likely identify with multiple of them and it's so fascinating to me how we'll experience and understand our ailments and health issues completely in isolation of um, stress and as I've already mentioned I found it very difficult to grasp how stress could lead to any of these ailments for myself but since doing this work it's really started to make a lot more sense to me and it's so easily it's so more easily identifiable now within our society that we're collectively experiencing more health issues as a society we're that much unhealthier and it can be simply as a result of stress like I just picture for myself if everybody had a better understanding of how stress worked and how to minimize their stress, so much of the health issues that we experience collectively could be alleviated. And it's really helped me to reframe my understanding of my own mental health, for example, such as depression and anxiety. And it's really made me realize that like depression and anxiety isn't something that is necessarily going to have a grip on my life as strongly as 
as I used to believe. I used to believe it was just this thing that I would have for the rest of my life and I've just got to manage it. But can I say that even in the last couple of months of going through this work and doing all my stress management techniques, I have felt more elevated moods than I have in my entire life. And they've been consistent. It's not just me. I used to feel elevated moods in very isolated and sporadic and very fleeting moments. I can honestly say the last three weeks at least that I that I know of, I've been on this high. And you know what? I'm riding it. I'm here for it. I'm not complaining. And the only thing I can really put it down to is taking control of my health and managing my stress and doing a lot of work for myself, which I'll go into more detail about the specifics on what I did to manage my stress. But yeah, look, I'm a testament to this. It absolutely works. And, you know, spoiler alert, my skin has cleared up. My digestion issues have improved. Like I'm, like I said, I'm still early days with this. I'm still seeing more benefits as I go through it and I don't do it perfectly all the time. You know, I still trip myself up and I'm, I still get stressed out occasionally, but in terms of being in that chronic stress mode, I've definitely come out of that. And I'm now sitting at this comfortable, relaxed state, which helps me to identify in the future when I am actually stressed. All right, so let's get right into the how-to now. So in terms of stress management, this is a five-step process. The first step is understanding how stress works, which we've just covered. So this is the physiology behind our fight-or-flight response, how it works, and how stress can manifest in our bodies if left untreated or unmanaged for prolonged periods of time. The second step is recognition. This is essentially learning to recognize the symptoms within our body that arise when we are beginning to move into that elevated state of stress. And these can be things like, you know, shallow breaths, tight muscles, tension, headaches, anything like that. All of the kind of physical manifestations that indicate your stress. Like for me personally, I start to tense up my face, my upper body, my breathing might become shallower and a bit more rapid. My pupils might dilate. Not that I can see my pupils, but in terms of like your muscle tensing, that's probably the biggest indicator of stress. Now, like I said, I was someone who was stuck in this elevated of stress for so long that I recognized it as my default. And so I was never consciously aware of being stressed out. And so what I actually realized is that I've held a lot of tension in my body so much so that I don't actually know that I'm tensing. I don't realize that I'm tensing my body. And what helped me to really distinguish this was doing um, deep muscle relaxation meditation exercises. And it was just simply laying there for 10 minutes, doing a guided meditation where they just kind of go through all the areas of your body one by one and help you to release and let go of the muscles. And you actually realize that you're laying there, right, completely still and relaxed. And you think that you're relaxed until it gets to certain areas of your body and it's like, let go and relax. And you're like, shit, I was tensing that the whole time and didn't even realize. Like I was holding a lot of tension in my face. I've always got a lot of tension in my forehead, for example, and in my jaw and in my upper body which even my physios and chiros have said, um, which all makes sense. I've been holding all this tension in my body, unable to let go of it because I haven't been realizing that I've been holding this tension. So doing um, a muscle relaxation meditation every morning for a couple of weeks is really good to help you practice letting go. And what happens then is when you 
when you when you get better at letting go of these muscles doing the relaxation exercise, you then become much more attuned to recognizing when you start to tense them next time. So now when I start to tense the muscles in my face, I feel it that much more stronger or much more strongly, sorry, because I know now what it feels like to have it relaxed, which is not a feeling that I was consciously aware of previously. The third step. This one is so important and it's super personal to everyone, but this one is understanding your triggers. Now, everything that we experience that stresses us out is obviously completely personal. And so only you can define what it is that stresses you out. But sometimes there are things that stress us out that we don't consciously know of. So going about our day to day, for example, there will obviously be things that you know stress you out. Like when someone speaks to you a certain way or acts a certain way or when something happens at work or traffic or, you know, any sort of unfavorable event that might happen expected or unexpected. But Sometimes there are things that happen that we don't realize cause us stress. And this is where recognizing the symptoms in our body comes into play and through the muscle relaxation technique comes into play where we can start to recognize. So if I'm sitting here, for example, and I feel myself start to tense up in certain places, I'm, I, I will then take a step back and go, okay, hang on. What am I doing right now? What's in my immediate environment right now that could potentially be causing me stress that's causing me to tense up these muscles? And I'll realize that I'm sending a stressful email to someone who is a little bit, you know, sassy to me. Um, And then I can go, okay, this is what's stressing me out. I can take a step back and I can become conscious of that in future in knowing that actioning certain emails or speaking to certain people, for example, might cause me stress. And I recognize that through understanding what it is that my body does when I'm stressed. Now, sometimes this is a bit of a chicken and the egg type situation. It's hard to know when our body is exhibiting symptoms of stress if we don't know that something's stressing us out. And it's hard to know if a particular thing is stressing us out if we don't recognize the symptoms. So what is a fantastic technique to kind of help Um, break into this understanding is by doing what's known as a stress management journal. Now, this is just generally done over the course of a week, but you can do it for as long as you want because, you know, the longer you do it, the more accurate your results are. But essentially you are, whenever you consciously feel stress, you start to make notes or you journal about it and you describe sorts of the physical sensations, the emotional sensations. You jot down what it is you were doing at that time, what was around you, who was around you, what you were doing. And when you can kind of reflect on it after whatever amount of time you decide to do it for, you start to pick out patterns of consistent things that cause you stress and the consistent patterns of physical manifestations that your body receives when you start to experience stressful events. Now, the fourth step of stress management is technique. So technique is essentially the management strategies to yeah, effectively manage our stress. Now, there are lots of different ways, obviously, we can manage stress and everyone might have their own coping mechanisms. Um, but I want to draw attention to two specific kinds um, that I particularly used um, during my little self-development healing journey and they're things that I still currently use both with a practitioner and self-guided and they are meditation and breath work. Breath work is super healing, super potent, super powerful because when we think about it, breath is our life force and although breath happens autonomously and it is a, a physiological process that we don't need to consciously control, 
we actually do have conscious control over it and we can control it when we want to. Like, for example, when we're in heightened or elevated states, we can use our breath and consciously deep, uh, yeah, consciously breathe deep and slow to bring ourselves back to our relaxation response. And similarly, when we're trying to hype ourselves up or when we're trying to activate our nervous system, we can speed up our breath or we can do short, shallow breaths to, yeah, effectively heighten or speed up our nervous system. And this is one of the magical powers that we have within our own bodies. And I know personally that doing a lot of these um, healing modalities and techniques, although the first few times I did them, I struggled. Um, They have been really powerful for me and I've seen a lot of amazing progress in myself and even practicing the techniques since I first began. I dabbled into breathwork initially self-guided, which was Probably not the best move, but still it was a, a gateway into it for me. I ended up doing the next few sessions with practitioners and got some amazing results out of it. And I would highly recommend it to anybody because breath work can be done for a whole range of things, including like trauma releasing and like somatic releasing. I won't go into all of that because that's a whole other topic on its own. But effectively, and it's very self-explanatory in that when we are stressed and when we can feel those Um, symptoms of stress come on or when we know that we've experienced a stress trigger, we can use our breath to actively bring ourselves back into homeostasis through um, deep and meaningful breath. So long and deep breaths. And I realized when I first started doing breath work that naturally I breathe short and shallow and that is my natural breath. And it is only understandable from then that I am always in that heightened uh, stressful state and my breath is reflective of that. And it wasn't until I consciously started to do long, deep breaths that I was able to bring my body back into the relaxation response and allow that to become my default. And it takes a lot of time and I still am not, you know, all the way there, but it's been a huge improvement in my breath because initially I was struggling with my breathing and we thought it might have been a respiratory issue, which I have been tested for, which had no results to show. And when I was speaking to some of my coaches and the practitioners, we settled on the idea that both anxiety and, you know, being in chronic stress mode constantly has meant that my breath is always that short, shallow, and I'm always breathing from my chest. Whereas deep, meaningful breathing comes from your belly, down from your diaphragm. You're breathing deep into your belly before you breathe up into your chest. So that is one of the techniques that I used. Um, There's lots of different ways you can engage with breath work. um, But I like to simply think about that when I'm stressed or when I'm feeling um, anxious or triggered in any way, shape or form. I mean, it's obviously depending on the context you're in. Like if you're at work, this may not always be um, easily able to be done. But for example, I like to lay down on my back where I can place my hands on my chest and on my um, womb or like on my stomach, for example, and I can feel the rise and fall in my belly. And when I'm feeling my hand that's on my chest start to rise, I know that I'm breathing from the wrong place. And I would simply just do deep breaths. Sometimes I like to do what's known as box breathing, where you breathe in for four, hold for four, out for four, hold for four, and then repeat the cycle. 
There's a few different kinds where you breathe in for four, hold for seven, out for eight, and it just helps you get that long and deep breath. And it's it's difficult at first, but and it takes a little bit of time, but eventually once you practice it often enough, you'll find that doing the deep breathing gets easier and you'll find yourself, one, just being able to breathe better in general, but you'll find yourself calmer and clearer and you know much more able to handle what life throws at you. The second technique, and this one I've had a rocky relationship with, is meditation. So as I already mentioned, I did a holistic human development and meditation teaching course. And, you know, the majority of that meditation course was me learning how to practice and refine my own craft of meditation. And there are lots of different kinds of meditation out there. It's not all just, you know, sitting still with your eyes closed and and focusing there. There are lots of different kinds. Um, the main one I liked to do was Zen meditation. I would simply just kind of sit there with my legs crossed. Sometimes I would lay down because, you know, I've got a bit of a bad back and I can't sit still for all that long. But I would sit there, keep my spine as straight as possible. I would listen to some music. I had a really good meditation playlist um, my mentor gave me. So I listened to one song that's about 15 minutes long and it builds into this really nice crescendo and What I like to do in my meditation is simply pay attention to where my thoughts go. I'm not consciously trying to dig up thoughts or plan or think of anything that I'm doing in my day. I just like to sit and be present with myself and just non-judgmentally follow where my thoughts go. And if I choose to, I can bring it back into myself and you know, concentrate on, on being and just simply being in that particular moment. But again, non-judgmentally just paying attention to where my thoughts go. And like I said, lots of different kinds of meditation. Um, you can do concentrative meditation, sound meditation. Sometimes I even like to do a meditation in the shower, which is, you know, a, a bit more basic, but I, it's just simply feeling all the physical sensations of the water and the temperature. And it's really therapeutic, actually, kind of on the lines of like having a good old cry in the shower. It's just so bloody therapeutic and you just feel so cleansed and lighter afterwards. Honestly, I love it. And on that topic, if anyone ever feels like they need to have a good cry, go and do it in the shower. I'm sure a lot of other people have done the same. Super potent stuff. I absolutely love it. But meditation for me, super tricky to get into at first. I was very restless. My mind was just racing. I couldn't, you know, quieten my thoughts. Um, and I really, really struggled for some time. It took me weeks and weeks to really be able to sit long enough. Like I, I used to struggle to even make it a couple of minutes and now I can, you know, comfortably sit for the full 15 minutes of the song that I play and just sit and relax. And I like to make this um, a daily practice of mine. I don't always get to it, but I like to make it my daily practice kind of like first thing in the morning and last thing I do when I go to bed and it's really just a moment for me to either practice like gratitude or reflection or just kind of come back to myself and let the busyness of either the day ahead or the day that's been just kind of wash away and I can really just disconnect and come back into myself. And I know that sounds, you know, very ambiguous to people who aren't familiar with this stuff, but it's definitely something I would highly recommend looking into because When you're stressed, for example, and just being able to take a step away and bring yourself, 
bring yeah bring your focus back into your body and pay attention to the sensations that you're feeling and, and you can even practice your breathing whilst you're meditating like you can like a, a form of concentrative meditation for example could be just concentrating on your breathing and you're doing both at the same time then just as powerful stuff but yeah I really really like meditation but like I said it was something that was quite difficult to get into and so the love-hate relationship there um, existed for a little while before I fell into that harmony of being able to sit with it and and do it properly. So breathwork, meditation, both super powerful techniques. Um, I would absolutely recommend beginners to book in with a practitioner and do it with someone and have them guide you through it because you're able to kind of surrender that much more into it. And once you get the hang of it, it can literally be as simple as a one minute meditation of, you know, you're sitting at your desk or at work or you're out somewhere and you're stressed out and you can literally take a minute for yourself. It doesn't have to be a full spectacle of going and sitting and putting your headphones in and you know, listening to a 15 minute meditation, it can just simply be pulling yourself away from the stress, giving yourself a minute to recompose, breathe, focus and calm down and bring yourself back into the relaxation response. It doesn't always have to be, you know, a full planned thing. Um, And I found too, after making meditation a, a regular practice of mine day by day, I was naturally handling stressful events that much better. And in all honesty, anybody who knows me knows that, like, yeah, I'm, I'm a very stressed out person. Not that I would ever have thought so, but a lot of things stressed me out very easily. And a lot of people constantly saw me tense and on edge and freaking out and panicking about things. And I feel like the person that I have come to be in the last couple of months is just so much more free flowing. I'm accepting of shit going wrong. Like things don't bother me anywhere near as much as they used to. And I'm really happy about that because it overall, no one wants to be stressed out. No one wants to be frustrated or angry or tense all the time. And it feels so much nicer to be in that calm state as your default. Being in that heightened state is so damaging to your nervous system. It's so damaging to your health and to your well-being. And so being able to yeah, understand how it works, recognize when you're exhibiting those symptoms, being able to um, apply the techniques that can help bring your body back into the relaxed state is going to do absolute wonders for your health. And you'll probably see a lot of things that um, you've been struggling with health and wellness wise will actually start to alleviate and you'll find your symptoms lessen and if there is anything that you're experiencing that is a direct result of stress you'll find that yeah you you don't have to go through as much symptom management for like my my skin for example broke out terribly the months preceding very stressful events and Obviously, the cycle with acne, for example, it's like a couple of months worth of healing. But the months following that, I was not getting more acne. And it was purely because I was taking the time for myself to bring myself out of that stressed state. And I was seeing the effects of that firsthand because I didn't change anything with my diet. I didn't change any supplements. I wasn't doing any new skincare routine. I was simply coming back into my body and quite literally just calming the fuck down. So I'm here for that. I found that so, so potent, so powerful. And I'm really glad I've done it because now I know going forward how to handle stressful events. And I know when, when I am breaking out, when my skin is breaking out, I can take a step back and go, okay, something's imbalanced here. I'm, I'm feeling overworked. I'm feeling stressed out and I know how to respond now. I know how to bring my body back to homeostasis people. So yeah, 
meditation and breath work, I would absolutely recommend you look into it. Um, find a five minute guide meditation on YouTube, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever. Listen to them. I listen to one as I fall asleep. It goes for an hour. I sometimes don't even make it all the way through, but it's just entering my subconscious whether I'm consciously thinking about it or not. Alrighty, and step five, lucky last, is minimization. And this is exactly what it sounds like. It is learning to be able to minimize or even remove completely the stress triggers from our life. And so if you do your stress management journal that I've already touched on, a second part to this stress management journal is then being able to classify the identified stressors, 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 into both unavoidable and avoidable stress. Now, this is going to be different from everybody and one particular trigger may be unavoidable for one person and it may be avoidable for another person. This is completely personal and it's up to you to classify this accordingly. But basically what you want to do is when you classify these stress triggers into avoidable or unavoidable, we can then work around, for example, the avoidable and work to quite literally avoid them. With your unavoidable stress triggers, that is where we start to find ways to minimize their impact on them and this is where you can actively practice the techniques that you've learned to manage your stress better and this was where breath work and meditation will come in. So there you have it people, there is your five step process to stress management. So we have the Understanding as our first step, this is where we understand stress and chronic stress and how exactly it impacts our lives and the types of effects that it can have on our physical and mental well-being. The second is, I've forgotten already... It is recognition, so it's recognizing the oncoming symptoms of stress. So this can be muscle tension in our bodies, shallow breathing, you know, feeling any physical sensations in our body that we know would be indicative that we're um, under stress or experiencing a stressful event. The third is our triggers. So once we know what our symptoms are or even in the reverse order, we um, become aware of what our triggers are and we know what types of events could potentially cause us stress in the future. The fourth is, I've forgotten this one as well, it is technique. So I've touched on meditation and breath work, but there are loads of different techniques out there for stress management. But these two are my absolute favorite. They're the most potent, the most powerful, and they've given me kind of I won't say immediate in terms of like right now immediate, but they've given me the most immediate results in that like practicing them for a couple of weeks. I do see results like I absolutely do. And the fifth one is minimization or also, you know, elimination. So classifying our triggers into avoidable and unavoidable and then working around them like it's it's very obvious for our avoidable stresses, we can just simply get rid of them or, you know, alter things about them. And with our unavoidable, we can just simply put our techniques into play here to manage it better and help us take on that stress a bit less intensively than we normally would. This is something that's been really helpful for me because I do have a lot of unavoidable stresses in my life, particularly around work, for example. And I really doubt they're going to go away anytime soon. So that is where learning how to manage our stress is that much better. And for me, over the years, I've done a fantastic job of getting rid of lots of avoidable stresses. I've held on to a lot of them for a long time, thinking that they're unavoidable. But really, 
we are that much more in control of our own lives, our own health and our own stress than we are led to believe. And we have the power to make whatever changes that we need. And so I hope you guys have learned a great deal from this episode. If not just one small thing, I found it super fascinating. And this has been a pivotal part of my healing journey because stress has run rampant in my life. And you know what? Back last year when I was studying my degree and finishing up before graduation, I was in absolute meltdown mode and this information would have been so useful for me at the time and honestly, I feel bad for anyone who knew me last year or even at the beginning of this year. Anyone who was around me at that particular point in my life honestly deserves a medal and probably some counseling or psychology of their own. So for that, I apologize. But look, this has been such a huge area of growth for me. And I'm so glad that I've delved into this. And I had to share it with you guys because I hope that this, if not helps one other person, um, I hope that the information has been useful in that you can use this in your own journey um, and be a little bit more mindful of the stresses in our lives and pay attention to to any physical and mental symptoms you guys start to or you may already be experiencing and if they're if they've been unexplained for some time if your GPS and practitioners are struggling to understand why you're experiencing this do a stress management journal for a week or two and see if like stress is a a recurring theme in your life because if so it just may be the underlying cause of why you're experiencing all these things and even with our mental health I know mental health is such a widespread issue and a lot of people experience it and you know sometimes it's seemingly for no reason stress can play a huge issue here it can be the pivotal reason as to why we experience these mental and mood related disorders so absolutely guys do this work even if you get nothing out of it and you feel like nothing has changed there is no harm in giving it a go um practicing meditation practicing breath work being more conscious of our lives and taking the time out for yourself to bring your nervous system back into alignment and bring yourself back into the relaxed response because no one deserves to live their life stressed out all the time it's not happy it's not healthy and it's not enjoyable and I realized that after a long period of time of being in that stressed out state that I thought was normal, I've now realized in fact that it's not. And I'm so glad that I am in the place that I am right now and I am forever on this journey and bringing you all along with me. So that's all I have for today, guys. Thank you so, so much for joining me and I can't wait to chat with you on the next episode. Thank you so much for joining me, beautiful people. Don't forget to join me on my socials at Glow Get Her Podcast. Drop me a DM if you have any topics you'd like to hear or even just a chat. I would love to hear from you guys and swap stories. But other than that, see you in the next episode.